Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We read in Hebrews chapter 11, Colin, that without faith it is impossible to please God. Now, why should this be? Well, the rest of the verse tells us, because anyone who comes to him must believe, now the NIV says that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That is not a very good translation of the Greek. Uh, What the Greek says is this, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is. Not that he exists, but that he is. Now, there's a big difference. Just believing that God exists is not necessarily to put your faith in him. But when you believe that he is, that means you believe that he is who he is. You believe what the scripture reveals him to be. And he is the faithful one. He is our Lord. He is our creator, our healer, our redeemer, our provider. I mean, that is saying a whole lot more than believing that he exists. So we are to believe that he is who he is. I am that I am. Uh, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, let's just look at that word earnestly. Uh, When you earnestly seek something, you are determined to find it. Uh, Let's say, for example, you mislay your, your car key and you need to use your car. Well, you're going to search for your key. You're not going to say, oh, where did I put that jolly key? Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, it doesn't matter very much. Because it does, you've got to use your car. So you're going to earnestly seek it. You're going to to look everywhere. You're going to look in your pockets. You're going to look in your handbag. You're going to look in every room in the house. You're going to go over, you know, where you've been, what have you been doing, where could I have put it? You see, because you're earnestly seeking it. Uh, It becomes, if you like, the focal point of what you're doing until you find it. Now, you see, what the scripture says is this, is that we must believe that God is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, just like seeking that key. You put his will first and foremost. You put what he wants first and foremost. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to you. You are absolutely determined that you will see the breakthrough in that situation that you're praying about. It's not a casual thing. It's not a question of praying about something and and, uh, leaving it. You're going to Go and keep on and on and on. You know, um, a little while ago when when, uh, I was diagnosed um, with some serious sickness, uh, I I, I had to make the decision right. Now I'm going to persevere. I know he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So every day... Every day, every day I'm going to receive healing. Every day I'm going to speak healing over my life. Every day by the grace of God. And and you see, that's the determination of faith. Uh, 
That's the outworking of faith. Not looking at the circumstances, not actually even listening. Um, well, you've got to listen to the medical prognosis, but you don't necessarily believe uh, the prognosis that is spoken over your life. What you believe is what you believe. And, and you know, what you believe the outcome will be because your trust and confidence is in God. As you said yesterday, it's just knowing that you know that you know, isn't it? It's something that's so deep in your thinking, in your psyche. Yes, and, I, you know, I feel, I feel desperately for people that are praying in a situation, especially with somebody who has a terminal illness and they die, and, you know, um, they say that they feel shattered and, and um, they feel that God has failed them or that they have failed God and, you know, there's all this kind of, I can f- I can understand all that because I've seen it happen so many times and my heart goes out to people in that, that uh, situation. And you would never say, well, look, this has happened because you didn't believe because in those situations, people have believed, if you can put it this way, to the best of their ability. They've, they, they, they've gone all out. But you know, that is very different from having a calm assurance. It will be all right. And, um, you know, I didn't need to tell a whole lot of people about my illness because I had a calm assurance in God that it would be all right. So there were just a few people close to me who were praying with me. But it wasn't going to be a matter of public knowledge. I wasn't going to get frantic about the situation. Um, And, you know, I I, I just praise God. I praise God. I I, I don't say there's any pride whatsoever because everything that God does is a work of his grace, including the faith that he puts within us. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. We've already seen that in this book. And uh, so sometimes I I believe it's true that instead of assuming that we have faith, sometimes we need to ask God. I mean, we need to be honest with ourselves and, and admit when we do have doubts and ask God to forgive those and ask him to be the author and perfecter of our faith to speak whatever word we need to hear in that situation that is going to inspire faith within us. Sometimes the doubt doesn't come from within, it comes from without. It comes from people who try to put us off. I mean, this, this, the, the next verse talks about Noah. Well, Noah's neighbors must have laughed at him and ridiculed him and tried to undermine his faith. No end, mustn't they? Yes, and of course it's much easier to exercise faith when you're surrounded by faith. That is absolutely true. However, I would also have to say that if a person is in that place of being sure and certain, as we read in verse 1, then he is not going to be put off, no matter what the people around him says. Uh, You know, he knows that he knows that he knows. Uh, So... That was the kind of faith Noah had. He knew he'd heard from God. And as crazy as it seemed, there in the middle of the desert, he was building an ark. In the sunshine. <laughs> in, the, in the blazing sunshine. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, you can, uh, when I say in the desert, you know, it was in, a, uh, in the wilderness, really. It was a, um, uh, 
But it was hot and arid. It was it? hot and arid, and there was absolutely no circumstances to suggest that there was going to be a flood. And yes, you can imagine all the ridicule that he would receive from others. But who had the last laugh? Those who laughed at him drowned. Whereas the one who heard God and obeyed what he said lived. But it makes the point that the walk of faith can be a very lonely one. It, it can be. It can be. And there's, there'll be a lot of people listening to me now uh, who are in a situation where they're very lonely in their faith. Even, even some people in their churches are walking by faith uh, for a particular objective in their lives. And there isn't the faith around them to support them in that which is tragic and sad because the scripture says if any two agree, Jesus said, if any two of you agree concerning anything on earth, it will be done by my Father in heaven. Now that's the agreement of faith. That, that is the being sure and certain of what the outcome is. You've got to put these scriptures together, you see. That's powerful, isn't it? And of course, Paul describes the church as the household of faith. And that's what we're supposed to be. I mean, you know, if, if it's true that all that is not a faith of sin, you know, some people say to me, well, I wouldn't want to belong to a faith church. And I, I think what they're really saying is I wouldn't want to belong to the American-style faith movement. Well, I can understand that. I can understand what they mean, you know. Uh, but if you don't belong to a faith church, you must belong to a sin church. Because all that is not of faith is sin. So I say to them, well, do you want to belong to a sin church? They said, what do you mean? So I said, well, all that is not of faith is sin. So God requires his people everywhere to be a people of faith. Um, because without faith, it is impossible to please him. So the Holy Spirit works within us to make us into the people of faith that God wants us to be. What about Abraham? Well, of course, Abraham is really regarded in the New Testament as, as the father of faith. Um, uh, you know, this walk of confidence in God began with Abraham. And um, the writer here refers to some of the aspects of faith in Abraham's life, that when called to go to a place he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. God spoke to him. He acted upon that word. That's faith. Now, you know, I've written several books on faith. Uh, and one of the things that I say in, in Anything You Ask, which is a, a book that has been a bestseller for many, many years, um, is that faith is hearing God, believing what he says, and acting upon it that actually it doesn't become real faith until you act upon it. The extraordinary thing is that Abraham lived in a time when there was no Bible, there wasn't even an Old Testament. There was no church, there were no synagogue, there was no temple. There was nothing of, of religious structure, no one to teach him about God, but somehow he heard God. He believed what he said, and he acted upon it. That's faith. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 